Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, September the 29th. Uh, well, 61's in the record books. Saints make some roster moves. Thursday night football, both in college and the NFL. Uh, Minneapolis might be the landing spot for the Chiefs-Bucks Sunday night game. Elsewhere, uh, I do wonder if the Superdome's available. Anyway, high school coaches on uh, later on this morning at 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Also, uh, homecoming for many teams here in the local area. So, uh, parades will probably be moving on uh, some during the week, as we've seen. I think they've had a couple already and uh, another one, I think, or two today. Uh, and Jeff, let's go back uh, and start uh, home run number 61 by Aaron Judge last night uh, as he line went out to park. Uh, I think that was the hardest hit ball of all of his home runs this year. I think they measured it at 117 miles an hour, and uh, he goes into the record books as one of five uh, major leaguers, to, uh, or I should say six. Uh, well, five have hit 61 and six have hit 60 home runs. Uh, Aaron Judge... Uh, now in the record books with 61, with seven games, I think, left to play. Tied. Yeah, but seven games left to play. Is that, is that correct? I in think. that neighborhood. Yeah, I think of all people who go to New York this weekend is the Brewers who are fighting for a, a um, playoff berth. Uh, I think they're – Cubs helping them out too. Boy, you're not kidding. The Cubs sweep the Phillies, man. <laughs> and, and I don't think the Cubs have lost to the Phillies this year. They, they have had some weird success uh, against them, and – you know, that team, um, ragtag as it is, is really coming together. Uh, they've um, got some decent pitching, uh, timely hitting, and uh, bullpen still has some question marks. Uh, but as of late, uh, they've been holding games. Yeah, that they have, and uh, the Phillies are, are really a reason why they can't. They're fighting to stay in uh, the wild card berth uh, in the National League. But in the meantime, uh, it was pretty nice salute last night. Uh, I don't know if you watched some of the highlights that uh, that guy in Toronto thought he had the ball and uh, it just slips out of his gloves into the bullpen. And I think uh, the Aaron Penn coach, I think, yeah, secured it. Yeah, and I think Aaron Judge, his mother, ended up with the ball. Is that is that right? I didn't see the the complete replay of that uh, taking place. But she uh, was at the game and excited. Boy, what a height difference, too. Aaron Judge being about 6'7". She's probably in the 5'4 area uh, of height of a woman, and he just towered over uh, in some of the uh, press last night. But Aaron Judge, uh, 61 home runs. A little, uh, little point of information. Did it in 155 games, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, if Fordrick was around somewhere. But uh, anyway, in the meantime, 61, looking for 62 or 3. Kind of gets uh, the bear off your back uh, uh, in that regard. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll probably see a couple of them lined out to park in the next few nights. Of course, the Yankees have secured a playoff berth and uh, the division title. So... Uh, yeah, they're they're locked in at that number two uh, yeah. spot. Uh, they've got the first round by uh, Astros have home field advantage through the American League playoffs. The Dodgers uh, through the entirety of the postseason that that they do. And over in the National League, of course, the Dodgers now uh, with 107 wins have set an all time team wins for a season. Not the best winning percentage because they play 162 games. That Dodger team, 
I think it was in 53, won 106 games, but they played 154-game schedule. So their winning percentage is still a little better. Don't know if uh, they're on pace for 113 wins. Uh, they could possibly hit 110. Uh, don't know who their remaining uh, home games or games, I should say, left uh, on the schedule. Meanwhile, turning to the NFL, the Saints made uh, some moves. They brought back a wide receiver, Kirkwood, uh, uh, due to some other, uh, not sure about Jarvis Landry and, uh, and Michael Thomas in that regard. So um, we'll see what's going to come forth with that. Of course, I have the injury report here from Wednesday. Uh, 13 Saints uh, were listed on that Wednesday injury report. Cornerback uh, uh, Paulson Adebo is uh, an ankle, but it limited practice yesterday along with Kamara, who has a rib injury. Marcus Davenport, a shoulder. These are all limited in practice yesterday. JT Gray, a shoulder. Uh, Dante Hardy, a foot. And Traquan Smith, a concussion protocol, uh, but limited, uh, did practice some. Uh, those also uh, practicing Tyson Hill with a rib, Marcus May with a rib, but who did not practice yesterday, Ryan Ramchak, uh, uh, rest, uh, Jameis Winston back and ankle, uh, Jarvis Landry ankle, Michael Thomas ankle, and Andrus Pete uh, concussion. And you wonder if the two with concussions, Traquan Smith and Andrus Pete, might have to go through uh, concussion protocol before they can even uh, hit the field uh, Sunday over in Mario, London. Uh, I think the Saints still are uh, showing uh, that there are a uh, underdog. I think it's two, two and a half points maybe in that regard. So uh, Saints need to just get their offense going a little bit and hopefully uh, they can uh, have some success against the Vikings who are giving up uh, some points this year uh, in that regard. Uh, Jeff, don't know if um, you've heard anything more about maybe some of those injuries, especially with Winston. Well, he said he plans to start Sunday's game uh, despite his quote-unquote day off yesterday. Uh, Winston said the team held him out of practice in London uh, Wednesday, but he'll be back today in practice. Uh, He said, they told me I wasn't practicing. It wasn't my choice. I'm preparing like every week preparing to play. He had a did-not-practice designation yesterday after being listed as limited in Week 2 and Week 3 because of the bank back and ankle injuries right. as well. So, Well, and we'll see if uh, the Saints, uh, uh, what might be in store for them. As I mentioned, uh, they've picked up uh, uh, another wide receiver tra- checking out uh, – uh, for the Saints in that regard that, you know, if Landry and Thomas can't go, they're going to need some uh, participation here from their wide receivers uh, with those two being down along with uh, Dante Hardy and uh, Traquan Smith. Uh, they bring back, uh, I, I, I want to say Kirkwood, is that the young man's name, uh, uh, who played a little wide out for the Saints uh, last year and the year before, uh, and uh, they bring him back on the team. So, uh, hopefully he can add something for the Saints in that regard. In the meantime, in other NFL news, uh, as I mentioned uh, before we got on the air, they're talking about uh, if the Tampa Bay-Kansas uh, City Chief game needs to be moved from uh, Tampa to – they're talking about Minneapolis. And, uh, I mean, that's – Seems insane. Yeah, I mean, you have the Superdome unless – I don't know uh, if you were able to look and see if they had any activity. No, I have no idea, but – the obviously the Saints though aren't going to be there. Uh, in fact, it, it just seemed like when, when we heard that they were going to uh, 
head to Miami to work out Tampa Bay, uh, talking about the Buccaneers, right. seemed uh, silly to head there when it was pouring uh, earlier in the week before the storm made landfall in the Tampa area. Just you know, the, the eye of the storm uh, hit south of Tampa, but certainly the Tampa Bay area was affected. In fact, someone looked at me weird when I said, Tampa, you know, it, I was worried about the storm surge had the storm hit. But when I saw it was hitting south, I said, it's going to suck water out of Tampa that's right. Bay. And that's what it did. And people were, like, amazed. I'm like, no, that's it's the opposite of storm surge. Uh, yeah. Now water's coming back. But uh, it, it really pushed water out of there. And hopefully nobody gets stupid and decides to be amazed by how low the water is in Tampa Bay and then see it rush back in and get hammered. But... Anyway, you know, it, is is that city ready to host uh, a game? Uh, whether or not the stadium itself is ready, is the city uh, ready to host that? Is that a priority that folks should be uh, dealing with? And I think that's all the aftermath they have to look at over yeah. the next uh, day. Yeah, and to go back But, but why Minneapolis? I have no idea. <laughs> Other than the Vikings are out of town, obviously, right. as are the Saints. Uh, but right. it seems to me, if I'm Tampa... Uh, you should have some priority as to making that decision. And you're familiar with the Superdome. You know it's going to be perfect weather there. Uh, No worries about uh, the the weather because of the Dome, but also because it would have been a great week to be in New Orleans working out rather than Miami, which didn't make any sense to begin with. Yeah, since the Saints have been gone uh, since Monday, their workout facilities and everything's pretty open in that regard. Uh, And and I'm sure uh, the the Saints would have been open to them utilizing it as, you know, we utilized Jacksonville during Ida last year uh, and had, uh, forget about Katrina, I mean, uh, the the moving around the Saints did. They understand these problems, and I'm sure they would have been well open to the Buccaneers uh, utilizing their facilities. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, to go back on what you said earlier, you know, when Katrina came through, the winds were basically the uh, everything uh, west of uh, the the eye was pushing water out. Well, with Rita, that's why we had the all water problems out at the port and other places. That water was being pushed in from the counterclockwise of the winds uh, with the eye of the storm. So, uh, in the meantime, the NFL has, uh, t- I guess, temporarily selected the U.S. Bank Stadium up in Minneapolis for the game for Sunday night. Uh, it uh, The game remains scheduled, they say, for Raymond James Stadium. But the Buccaneers have uh, evacuated the area because of the storm, and uh, the stadium is available. Of course, the Vikings play in London against the Saints. Uh, again, don't know if the Superdome, you know, because schedules were made uh, last year at this time, I guess, or I should say six months ago. They knew the Saints would be out of town. Has the Superdome been scheduled for something else? I do not know. Anyway, they've offered no timeline or deadline for making this decision, but the pledge that the league will not – do anything to negatively impact public safety. So uh, he did say that if the game is moved, it would be played Sunday night rather than a day or two later even. So uh, that's what takes place uh, Sunday night, uh, the game uh, scheduled for Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. Uh, It's been put on, um, I guess, hold for right now. I'm not sure 
if they'll even have the lights on, will they bring generators? If it's a night game, the lights yeah. will have to be on. You know, I mean, will they bring generators? Will they have the lights back up? Uh, a lot of things to conquer in the next three well, days. Well, and, and that's the the thing. Like I said, is the city ready to host a game? Yeah. And that, that'll be the factor, not so much that stadium specifically. Yeah, because that, that stadium is downtown. I mean, it is in Tampa. It's not uh, outside in the suburbs or anything of that nature. So, uh Anyway, it wouldn't be the first time the NFL's moved a game. Yeah. You know, last year the Saints were moved from uh, New Orleans to uh, Jacksonville where they played the Packers, and uh, maybe they ought to play a few more games in Jacksonville since they handled the Packers pretty well in that regard. So uh, elsewhere besides uh, in the NFL, got college football tonight too as uh, South Carolina State uh, takes on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Elsewhere, Utah State faces BYU uh, in that, and then the NFL game tonight, uh, Miami takes on Cincinnati. Or I should say, they journey to Cincinnati. They didn't have to uh, uh, take on the storm. I don't know how well Miami was affected with that storm, but uh, the Dolphins uh, take their three and zero record. One of two NFL teams they head to Cincinnati take on the Bengals, who are three and a half point pick. Forty seven and a half uh, over is the over and under of the game. Uh, the course that Cincinnati comes in one and two, and Joe Burrow. I know he's been sacked a few times this year. The Vikings, uh, I should say, the the Dolphins uh, have a few in that regard. Should be an interesting matchup uh, for for um, the Chiefs Bucks Sunday night. The other big game during the week, of course, the Saints will be in London. If you want to watch that, you've got to pay a little price there for Prime TV uh, through Amazon. That's the only way you can watch NFL the game. Network. Yeah, and the NFL the NFL Network does have it Sunday. Yes, tonight's but, game is Prime. Uh, tonight, you're correct. Uh, Sunday night's game is Prime's. Sunday's game uh, will be on the uh, network. Elsewhere, you know, Jeff, I hadn't stayed up on this, and maybe you have with Brent Favre and uh, with his uh, the scandal update with uh, him right now, um, uh, taking funds and I think uh, uh, pushing them over to uh, USM, uh, Southern Mississippi. Hadn't seen much of that, but I know it's been in the news lately. Uh, don't know uh, what some of the uh, interest is, but uh, he's he's got some issues in that regard. Uh, so uh, it just uh, before he allegedly siphoned off $5 million in state welfare funds uh, to build a volleyball facility at Southern Miss, Favre's charity for needy kids has helped bankroll a volleyball facility in his daughter's high school even and donating $130,000 to that. Uh, Anyway, uh, we'll see how that's going to turn out. I know that's been a sticking point for, uh, you know, I pretty much stayed uh, basically clean over the years, uh, and that's going to tarnish his image, I think, a whole lot in the next. Uh, I don't think he had a great image to begin with. I, no, he was kind of a, a reckless, you know. Uh, I, I always called him a gunslinger in the NFL. He'd just get out there and whip it away, but uh, had some success, won a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl, but after that uh, – you know, did play in another Super Bowl, and I think he was the MVP in the league uh, three times. So uh, he did set uh, some records. I know Drew Brees passed him up in a couple. But uh, Brent Favre in the news again. So uh, anyway, we'll see how that uh, all transpires. Here's a, the latest I saw on uh, the Favre situation. And, uh, again, you know, earlier I saw a story where he knew that uh, trying to seek this money for the the football facility uh-huh. he knew that was not a pool of money that was intended for that kind of purpose still sought it but 
the, the thing you're referencing, this $130,000 uh, from his charitable foundation, Far For Hope, gave more than 130000 to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation, the Mississippi SMU uh, Athletic Foundation, whose stated goal, of course, is to help fund the school's athletic department and program, but Farves for Hope's stated mission is to assist charities that provide support to underserved and disabled children and breast cancer patients. His wife, of course, yeah, uh, went a survivor, through, uh, yes. Yeah. Katie Strang and uh, Kaylin Kaler of The Atlantic reported the news yesterday. They said that more than 130000 went from Far For Hope to the USM Athletic Foundation. Tax records show that uh, they gave the USM Athletic Foundation 60000 in 2018 when no other charity received more than 10000 The next year it gave 46000 uh, plus uh, the next highest gift to the Special Olympics of Mississippi was 11000 2025 for Hope sent USM's Athletic Foundation 26,000 plus. No other organization received more than 10,000. So people donating to that, uh, thinking it's going to one place, and yet it goes to uh, Southern Miss Athletics. Yeah, so it's uh, he's going to have some headaches, and then the lawyers, <laughs> anyway, uh, they'll make some money out of this. But Brent Favre, uh, in the meantime. Uh, uh, controversial uh, with what he's done with money that uh, the government has uh, given him and uh, he's redistributed, so to speak. Anyway, uh, Jeff, uh, time to take a break and uh, hopefully get uh, Nish coach uh, Josh Lemon on the line to talk about the Yellow Jackets. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Learman right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday at Southern Jack and on Sunday, 5th edition plays after the Saints game from 1 to 5. The Saints play at 8.30 and the Quarter Tavern will be serving breakfast by R3. Donations accepted to benefit St. Jude's. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 tennis main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry and now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. 
become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, uh, September the 29th. And on the line with us is Coach Josh Learman, the, the new Iberia uh, High Yellow Jackets. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're quite welcome, Coach. And, uh, Coach, uh, of course, last Saturday we didn't have our sports corner due to the uh, Sugarcane Festival. But could you rehash a little bit of your uh, game last week and then uh, talk about your Opponent tomorrow night, I think you journey to Karen Crow to take on the Bears. So, uh, uh, go ahead, Coach. Uh, yeah, last week uh, it was a tough game. You know, we we uh, played very well in spots, and then, you know, we just kind of had some uh, errors that were self-inflicted, you know, so nothing that they really did at times. Uh, but, you know, the kids, again, I, I feel like we got better. You know, we're getting better every week. And then this week, you know, it, it's we got another tough test in the in Karen Crow, you know, who uh, does the same stuff that Acadiana does. So they got they got to run right at us and you know test to see how tough we are. Yeah, I, I thought uh, in watching the game Friday night, your your passing game looked fairly prolific at times, uh, but maybe not as consistent as you'd like it to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we're we're you know we're we're learning, we're getting better, you know. We're, we're gonna we're gonna make some mistakes, you know. I, I feel like that it, it's crazy because that that game changed within the span of probably about thirty seconds of game time. You know, right right there before half, we don't score from the one, you know, and then we come out get a stop right after the, when the second half starts and uh, get a three, get what looks like a three and out, and then we have a personal foul, you know. So I think there was a big swing right in there. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, and. You know, they, they found ways to really control the clock in the second half on you. Yeah, yeah, we just had a hard time getting off the field on third down, which, you know, it's, we stress the kids all the time. One of the, you know, they're all downs are important, but you got to get off the field on third down. You know, again, you, you enter tomorrow night's game uh, one in three, and despite the record, how would you grade uh, your team and its progress through those first four games? Um, I, I, I feel like we're getting better every single day, you know, every day. Um, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've been playing some really tough teams, you know, so uh, we just got to continue to try and continue to make sure we're getting better every week and, and progressing. One thing I've heard out of you consistently is how hard your team is playing. Um, again, you Talent is uh, one issue, but how much uh, your team is determined to play as hard as possible, that can uh, help elevate things. Yes, yeah, and I feel like they're playing hard. Uh, they're playing hard even when things aren't going uh, their way, which is a good sign of uh, which is a sign of character. So that's a good thing. Karen Crow, uh, tell us uh, about uh, this year's version of the Bears. Uh, what kind of offense uh, do they run? Uh, what kind of challenges do they offer you? Uh, they're, they're a lot like Acadiana, uh, they're going to be in the split back there, but they're, they're a little more multiple than Acadiana because they'll, they'll get in the gun, they'll get an empty. So they give you a lot of different things to prepare for. Uh, I think they're really good. They're really good offensively and defensively. So it's going to be a good, a tough test for us. 
Karen Crow's always been a tough place to play, too. Uh, you, you don't think about that with a lot of high school venues. Uh, I look at Neville thinking that's an intimidating place to play, but Karen Crow's been one of those uh, fairly intimidating places to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just another stadium, you know, but I know what you mean. Uh, what they call it the open-air Crow Dome. The Crow Dome, that's correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> But anything the fans need to know uh, in making that trip tomorrow? Uh, no, seven o'clock kickoff, and uh, it's, it's their homecoming, so uh, the halftime may be a little longer than normal. Uh, with with that coach, uh, who are some of the players that uh, maybe the local fans who are attending the game uh, might want to keep an eye on on the other team? Uh, anybody uh, looking at film and watching uh, their tendencies and what they do? Anybody the fans need to keep an eye on? You talking about for Karen Crow? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, their well, their entire offensive line is really good, and their uh, their quarterback is a really good player. And uh, Karen Crow over the years typically have uh, produced some fine football players too. And uh, I know that uh, usually their best athlete is at quarterback. So I'm sure you do that. They're going to come at you with a veer. Uh, do they throw the ball much at all? Yes, they. Yeah, they actually do. They they uh they're probably you know, sixty percent run, forty percent pass. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, they'll they'll throw the ball around. They they give you a lot of stuff to prepare for. There you go. Well, coach, uh, health wise, uh, how how are you set for the game uh, tomorrow night? Uh, we're 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 fairly healthy. We got a, we got a couple of people out, but uh, you know, we just got to play the next man up. So. All right. Well, coach, always a pleasure to talk to you on these Thursday mornings. Uh, we'll be back at it on. Saturday as well to recap uh, tomorrow night's game, but best of luck to you tomorrow evening. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. Good luck, Coach. Uh, bring back a W. Appreciate uh, the opportunity. Yeah, sure do. Uh, of course, uh, the Jackets have had uh, some some issues. They've got a win under their belt. Uh, they beat Sam Houston uh, a few weeks ago, 35-14. So they can put up points on the board. Uh, they just need to uh, find a, to keep uh, the offense uh, on the field and uh, their defense, as Coach mentioned, you know, uh, consistently try to get teams off the field after third down uh, in punting situations. So uh, good luck to the Yellow Jackets. Uh, tomorrow night over in the Crow Dome and Karen Crow as they take on the Karen Crow Bears. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff, yeah, Keith Kirkwood is the young man I kept thinking of who the Saints picked up during the week uh, to add to their receiving core. Of course, uh, Kirkwood played with them uh, a couple of years ago, and he did a pretty good job for the Saints. I think he's wearing his old number 18 again. So hopefully uh, the Saints being up in London maybe uh, might be good to get away from the surroundings and uh, for a week and uh, start uh, focusing more on the game for Sunday morning. Uh, you know, with the time change and all, that's why you get down there a few days earlier to get accustomed to the time change of about five or six hours and uh, get accustomed to uh, everything over there. Not only that, but the food, too. I mean, the, everything is, is different if you're in Europe, in, uh, in Mario, uh, England. So uh, hopefully the Saints... Our early morning game, 8.30 our time uh, coming on, and uh, hopefully uh, we can see the Saints uh, come in with a W, but uh, they've got a lot of work to do. Again, uh, I'll remind folks, speaking of food and the Saints, uh, um, Quarter Tavern doing a benefit for St. Jude's. Uh, breakfast uh, being provided, but donations being accepted for St. Jude's. Uh, our three uh, providing uh, 
some sort of breakfast burritos, uh, shrimp and grits, uh, a few other uh, items on the menu coming up on Sunday morning. Again, kickoff at 8.30 and uh, Quarter Tavern, normally open at 9, will be open uh, earlier than that uh, for the game. And again, uh, opportunity to uh, enjoy a little breakfast uh, to benefit St. Jude's. And I'm sure the mimosas and the uh, Bloody Marys oh, yeah. will be flowing uh, freely uh, uh, Sunday morning uh, at the uh, Quarter Tavern for uh, another one of their fine uh, uh, areas where they commit to the community and different services and also uh, hats off to those people uh, uh, each uh, time we hear about it, Jeff. Uh, they do a good job and uh, give a lot back to the community in that regard. So uh, anyway. Uh, in fact, uh, 7 o'clock, uh, I'm told, the bar will be open at 7 uh, as opposed to normally at 9. Oh, okay. So, uh, anyway, um, with that, uh, Jeff, uh, the uh, as I mentioned earlier, I got a game on tonight. Uh, but just going back, you know, the Dodgers won their 107th game uh, last night and uh, one of the greatest regular seasons in Major League Baseball history. And they got seven games left, have a chance to become just the seventh team to win 110 games. And I'm trying to recall, I know the Indians in 54 won 100 and some odd games, 111. Uh, I do believe uh, the Yankees have hit the 110 mark a couple times in Seattle. 116. Yeah, and that was what, in 01, And then they got quickly eliminated. Yeah, by the Yankees in the playoffs. Anyway, the the Dodgers, they are plus 322 in the run differential. Uh, the six back since 1900, and the 39 Yankees also nearly 100 better than the second-place Yankees of 235. Uh, anywhere the 494 runs allowed put them just on pace for the allowing the fewest of any team in the century. Uh, the Cardinals had the best in 15 to 525, but they faded uh, towards the end of the year. 100 games, but just couldn't uh, – Weren't hitting towards the end. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, the Dodgers... Well, what impresses me about that is they lived up to expectations. There were lofty expectations about that team, but they lived up to them. And that's that's what you kind of respect about it. And the consistency of that organization since Dave Roberts uh, started managing that club. Yeah, that and also that uh, uh, one little plug for them, uh, a plus but a plug, uh, their payroll is second. And would you believe they're behind the Mets? You think when you think of payroll, you think of the Yankees just having a mm. gigantic payroll with all the stars on that team. But uh, the no, Dodgers' much, payroll much was made about the Mets' uh, payroll at the start of the season, and the fact uh, that you know it's a relatively new ownership group uh, there, and that they were going to spend money, and they expected results. And uh, again, you don't always get results when you spend money, but they they did this year, and, yeah. and that division race isn't over yet. The Braves are. Holding on. In fact, uh, going into last night's game, the Braves, I think, uh, were had the tiebreaker advantage. I do I'm, believe that is correct. Yes. So, so I'm not sure what happened last night. Uh, l- let's take a quick look. See if I can find uh, finals from either of those games. Uh, Nationals beat the uh, Braves last night. The Mets, uh, they were winners, so they're okay. now in first place. Anyway, and the only time since 2013 that they failed to win the division was last year when they won 106 games. Their only team in Major League Baseball history to win 106-plus games in three straight full seasons. And they're, 
Anyway, uh, they've got an opportunity to uh, go ahead and, and do some damage in the playoffs. So uh, they've got they, they have good timely hitting. They've got excellent pitching. I think they lead the majors. Their earned run average, their their staff is under three. That's pretty impressive. So uh, the Dodgers uh, have just got their sights on uh, uh, that particular uh, World Series ring. Of course, they won it in 20. Uh, last year, the Braves uh, ended up winning the World Series, so uh, we'll see what uh, is going to transpire on that. You know, also uh, basketball, we haven't talked much about it, but uh, they're getting ready to crank it up, too, in the NBA, and uh, college teams have had uh, some opportunity to practice. So uh, we'll see how we'll keep an eye on that in that regard. Uh, anywhere. Zion Williamson uh, apparently uh, looking real good for the Pelicans. He uh, they they said uh, he was outstanding in a scrimmage. Uh, nobody witnessed it, but a coach said, "Trust me, he's uh, looking great. Uh, feels great. Uh, he's uh, talking about the fact that he can't remember the last time he went into uh, a season, whether it be the NBA or in college. Not that he played long in college, but that he felt uh, as good as he does heading in. But but again, he's been fragile." And uh, let's hope for the Pels uh, that he can uh, maintain his health and be the force we expected him to be uh, when they drafted him number one, the uh, obvious number one pick uh, about, what, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, that's about right. And I remember watching the game that he was still in college playing for Duke when his shoe just blew apart. And just unbelievable. And, of course, had an injury with that. And then – I'm almost sure he he damaged his same ankle. Uh, uh, what was it last year, year before when he didn't uh, uh, play most of the year? And uh, I remember him coming off the bench uh, in midseason and hitting I don't know three or four threes and playing about 12 minutes and scoring like 25 to 30 points in that time period and just uh, brought the uh, uh, the Pelicans on to a victory that night. Anyway, uh, it'll be interesting. Of course, don't forget about the NFL tonight. Uh, uh, the Bengals host the Dolphins uh, uh, 7-15 our time in prime video. So the matchup, both teams uh, uh, coming off, uh, of course, the FC champs. The Bengals are 1-2, Miami 3-0 and for just the fourth time this century. And uh, what to watch for? Joe Burrow last year was sacked 51 times. He's already has a league high this year at 15. And the spread, uh, three and a half, 47 and a half over and under. So uh, big games on tonight. So in the NFL, it's on prime. Tua so. was uh, questionable, but he is uh, planning on playing tonight, barring a quote-unquote setback, but should be uh, available tonight. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our next break this morning. Uh, you're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more Bayou Sports right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs, so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. If you're looking to lower your energy usage and your energy bills, Clico has a very bright idea. Replace your old light bulbs with LED bulbs. LED bulbs last longer. And use up to 75% less energy than other bulbs. Go to ClicoMarketplace.com and start shopping. Then switch out your old bulbs and switch on the savings. You'll see energy efficiency in a whole new light. And that's what matters. Visit Clico.com slash what matters. That's W-A-T-T matters. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kang Row, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 AM 1240. And the New Orleans Saints uh, players, well... Uh, just the most unique transition uh, this week. Uh, you know, last week uh, game, Jeff, uh, Will Luntz, uh, I can't remember him missing two field goals in any game, rather less uh, uh, two in one game. And since the Saints are practicing at a rugby facility, uh, Luntz is not uh, practicing his kicks on a regulation uh, set of uprights, but rather he uses the rugby uprights at the London Irish Rugby Club facility, which are just a bit wider and a place that would, would uh, constitute the goal line in American football. Heck, back in the day, I think in the 70s, early 70s, they moved the goal post from the, uh, from the uh, goal line to the end of uh, the end zone, uh, which uh, made kicks a little bit, uh, not necessarily harder, but uh, just put the kicker uh, at uh, adding 10 yards to his kick no matter where the ball was on the field. Anyway, let's um, hopefully uh, he'll uh, pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, him missing, I uh, don't know if that made it. Any difference in the game, but uh, well, I think that uh, along you know, momentum uh, issues, the turnovers, those missed kicks, uh, the stupid penalties uh, that uh, were rampant, uh, really unnecessary penalties, not just the, the random things that sometimes you accidentally do, but um, so many fixable mistakes. Uh, and, you're you're and right. That's, uh, I think, the key. Uh, they're, they're fixable, will they? Yeah, that's right. Will they? You know, shortly uh, last week after losing 22-14 to to Carolina at Carolina, uh, the Saints executives uh, stood outside the team's postgame locker room in the balls of, uh, of uh, the stadium in Carolina, and uh, it's going to be a long flight to London, you know. Uh, those t- anytime you lose, and at the time, seven hours crossing the Atlantic seemed like a, 
a miserable idea, but hopefully the Saints uh, had time to think about that and some of their mistakes, as you mentioned, uh, just mental mistakes that uh, come to uh, hurt a team over a period of a game over 60 minutes. And the Saints certainly didn't know uh, it months ago when they scheduled their flight. Uh, anyway, they were leaving from Charlotte straight to London. So uh, is that good, bad? I'm not sure. But getting accustomed to everything over there, the time, the daylights, the weather, uh, just the food, everything comes into play. And, uh, of course, they'll kick off at 8.30 our time and to get used to uh, uh, everything over in London. So hopefully uh, the, against the Vikings, who uh, right now uh, – can't think of uh, – I think they're the Vikings also – Kirk Cousins hadn't had uh, – I'm sure the Viking fans uh, surely don't feel they've had the game that they thought they'd have right now as they come in 2-1, and one, though, against the Saints that are 1-2. and two. Uh, Of course, again, the NFL Network carries this game. Uh, Minnesota, three-point pick. I think it's come up a half a point. And, uh, but the, the reasons to like the Saints are many in this game. So uh, – uh, anyway, uh, we'll see. I think is Cook out? I think Cook is out of this game, the running back for the Vikings. I know he went out uh, Sunday with an injury. I'm not so sure if he came back. I'm trying to recall that. I, I haven't seen it as a major talking point, uh, no, so I'm not no. sure. Yeah, I know, do know he went out of the game. But uh, uh, the Saints, is we don't think they've scored many points, are averaging almost 23 a game. The Vikings, 18. So, um, anyway, we'll see how that's going to transpire uh, through the week uh, with the Vikings uh, and the Saints uh, Sunday morning at 8.30. And again, uh, uh, Quarter Tavern uh, uh, has that game uh, on early. I think you mentioned there will be open around 7 o'clock. Yes. And the benefit, uh, a lot of the proceeds. Uh, the donations, uh, again, breakfast being served, not charging necessarily, but donations being accepted to benefit St. Jude's. Yeah, a great cause here. Uh, uh, for uh, Quarter Tavern, as I mentioned, uh, was it last week they had the St. Francis? It was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. St. Francis Diner trying to help out that uh, organization with feeding of the needy uh, here in New Iberia. So um, a lot of good things going on right now. And, that, uh, of course, our college teams uh, set to play uh, Saturday. Of course, the Cajuns uh, taking on uh, South Alabama, a pretty good South Alabama team, as they um, – they gave UCLA all they wanted out in the Rose Bowl uh, this past weekend. Uh, they lost to the, the And Bruins. the 12,000 fans. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I saw where somewhere that the uh, they have a large debt in the athletic department at UCLA. It's hard to believe a big school like that would have a, a large debt. I read an article somewhere during the week. Uh, you I'm, wonder if that's part of the motivation to move into the Big Ten. Yeah, because I don't think the Pac-12 gets the monies that the Big Ten uh, gets. I think the Big Ten was $40 million to that tune, while the SEC is 55 or somewhere in that number, while I think uh, the Pac-12 was, was in the 20s. Well, those California fans are ready for 9 a.m. kickoffs. That's right. A lot of the Big Ten schools in the Midwest, you know, and again to the east now, uh, 11 o'clock starts. Yeah, they play during the day. It's not unusual at all. And I don't know if, you know, the new television contract will change uh, that uh, and the impact of having these two West Coast, maybe more by the time it all shakes out. But, uh, yeah, they like their 11 o'clock games. um, So... Yeah, the Michigans, the Wisconsin, and that's eleven o'clock Central. Indiana, so. th- those those teams like to play in the afternoon, uh, one o'clock kickoffs, uh, probably our time, noon kickoffs. You're right. Uh, the the SEC, of course, LSU, and uh, the Texas schools, a lot of night football. Other than A and M likes to play at night, and so does LSU. 
Uh, Ole Miss, some daylight games at Mississippi State, but uh, generally uh, a lot of the, S, uh, the, the, the Big Ten schools love to play during the day, and that's just uh, how it's been for over a century well, yeah, in uh, yeah. college football up in the Midwest. So. Yeah, the thing about it, Notre Dame didn't have lights until maybe 10, 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, they, on the rare occasion that they would play a night game, they would bring in portable light standards. And, yeah. and, but it was rare. It was rare that they would do it. But, no, uh, you know, Midwest football, uh, early afternoon, uh, if not, again, 11 o'clock uh, central time. Would they have something to do maybe even with the weather? Because, you know, college football well, used the, to start generally in mid to late September and go into end of November. Uh, I've been up there for November games in the, up in that area of the Midwest, and it gets awful cold come uh, end of October. The, the only thing, and days get shorter, the daylight hours get shorter uh, as you get toward November. And again, predating uh, stadium lights, uh, maybe that was part of the reason it began, but there was no reason necessary to have such early games uh, once all these stadiums were lit. Uh, but um, I, I just think it was tradition to yeah. start that early. Okay. You know? Anyway, a couple games on tonight. South Carolina State journeys to uh, to South Carolina to uh, take on the game to talks. Sunday. Uh, oh, good question. I, I'm looking at that right now. Uh, they say today at 6 p.m., but that weather, that's... That's right. They moved it up yes. to play because they're going to get the weather later in the weekend. So, yeah, they moved it up to Thursday. Uh, it was supposed to be a Saturday game. Anyway, uh, Utah State uh, journeys to uh, Brigham Young take on uh, uh, the Cougars. So, uh, the other college game on tonight, uh, both, uh, I think... I know the the latter game, BYU game, comes on at 7. It's on ESPN, while uh, the SEC Network will host the South Carolina State-South Carolina game tonight at uh, 6, uh, 6 o'clock. And uh, I want to say Columbia, South Carolina, is where the Gamecocks play their game. So uh, on that, of course, the Cajuns uh, will – uh, face South Alabama, as we talked about. The Cajuns are now 2-2 two and two on the year. Hopefully uh, they can get out of that. But they play a pretty good uh, South Alabama team who gave UCLA all they wanted. Of course, the LSU Tigers journey to play Auburn. And uh, <laughs> over in Auburn, you just don't know what's going to happen. I can remember years ago <laughs> something burning down. <laughs> you could see it from the stadium uh, in uh, Auburn Stadium, War Eagle Stadium. You watch, I don't know if it was a gym or some facility burning to the ground 10 or 12 years ago. and uh, Right now it's the coaching staff that uh, could be burning down. <laughs> There's a lot of questions uh, about the, the head coaching situation, and I would imagine they would have made a decision by now if they were going to fire him before Saturday's game. Uh, you would hope uh, that uh, they would have made a decision earlier in the week. But um, his job's on the line, so what is that? How does that affect the game? Yeah, you're right. Do, do the players step up for this guy, or do they throw him under the bus? Yeah, do you wonder. LSU's a nine-point pick on the road. That's pretty impressive. It is. It's a 3-1 and one Auburn yeah. team because Auburn was just lambasted by Penn State earlier this year for their one loss. Over and under for that game is 46, which is, I think, uh, kind of low unless Auburn's going to just try to ground out the ball. I'm not sure uh, in that regard. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN at 6 p.m., uh, cloudy with a high of 73 and a low of 56. Uh, there's a 34 chance of uh, – 
precipitation. So I don't know if uh, really. Yeah, that's what it says. So somebody's getting rain. Yep, that's uh, right. We, we know Florida is right now. Yeah, Florida and uh, the I guess the southeastern part of uh, Georgia, along with South Carolina, is ready for heavy rain in the next few days. So uh, in the meantime, we'll see how that's going to come about. Anyway, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Coach Carol Olivier on uh, of the Acadiana Christian Lions uh, here uh, to tell us about uh, what's upcoming for his team. You'll, uh, we'll be back uh, with Bayou Sports right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go Go to AnswerToPain.com. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday at Southern Jack and on Sunday, 5th edition plays after the Saints game from 1 to 5. The Saints play at 8.30 and the Quarter Tavern will be serving breakfast by R3. Donations accepted to benefit St. Jude's. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has it covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry and now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday morning, September 29th. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Kadiana Christian uh, Lions, uh, Coach Carol Olivier. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning. How you doing this morning? Uh, we're doing well, Coach. And uh, with that... Uh, I know last week you had a game. We talked about it a little bit last week on the show. And uh, your next opponent, uh, and I, I do believe, I stand corrected, this is a homecoming game? Yes, sir, homecoming. Could you go ahead and uh, detail uh, maybe a little what's taking place for homecoming for Kadiana, uh, I mean uh, Christian uh, Lions, and uh, basically who your next opponent uh, will be? Uh, we of course we have uh, kickoffs going to be at at, at seven o'clock. Um, they're going to have a nice little pep rally, and uh, 
tomorrow afternoon to, to get ready. Um, also going to be honoring um, the homecoming court. We have some amazing young ladies on the homecoming court um, that's going to be honored uh, at halftime. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be introduced prior to kickoff. Um, so that, that should be some nice festivities. Hopefully we'll have a good tailgating going on before the game. All right. I, I know um, you, you played last uh, a week ago yesterday uh, against JPG. Uh, real quickly, recap that game for us and uh, the idea that you're going to have like nine days off between uh, those two games. Yeah, we kind of had to play up. They had uh, something going on that at the school, um, so we ended up agreeing to move the game up. Which, uh, but that's what we have to do. You know, we have to you know look out for each other. Um, but it also gave us some time to kind of heal up because we had played. I want to say we played a Saturday, then a Thursday, then that, uh, then that, uh, that Wednesday. So it was kind of back to back for us. So it gave us a little time to kind of heal up a little bit. Um, but it was a, it was a. I said we probably played the best first quarter that we ever played against them. Uh, really good defensively, and then, you know, few, few, few mistakes kind of. Costing the pull away from us around halftime, they ended up going to get, receiving an onside kick on us um, late in the second quarter. That ended up and they ended up driving down and scoring and ended up putting them up twenty four and nothing. And from that point, it was just tough for us to get our groove. Gotcha. Uh, tell us about uh, Southwest Louisiana. You played them earlier in the year at Westlake. Uh, got them at home this week. Remind us of uh, what they bring to the table. Um, very quick, um, very explosive team. Um, they do a little bit of everything. JPG is more of a very down, uh, downhill team. Um, Swallow does a little bit of everything, a little more balance. Um, hopefully we can kind of contain the big play. Um, and I, and I, I think we should be able to compete with them well, though. There you go. Playing uh, again at Nish, uh, your final home game of the year, and uh, again, uh, just two more games after that. What are the goals uh, going forward here these last three games? Um, just trying to compete, man. Um, trying to compete. Um, I think we're a lot better than what we showed in our last game. Um, I think we just have to, you know, just get become a little bit more disciplined on our time, and then also as coaches be a little bit more disciplined. Um, in, the, in the JPG game, I, I, I myself made some uh, mistakes. I, I should have punted twice. Um, that would have that would have gave them a long uh, a longer field, and also would have, you know, got some time off the clock. We may be going down a down the score versus down two. Um, but but that's some things that we just got to learn. Uh, fortunately, um, we do have a shot at the playoffs. Um, you know, if we could. The next two games that we can win those, we may have even have a shot at a home playoff game. So just just trying to keep the guys up, keep them energized. Right now we 500 um, overall, but we you know we won in, in uh, three in our dish in our division. So we just you know just trying to pull it together. Hopefully we can finish 500 with a home playoff game. And tell us a little bit about the postseason. You know, we're more obviously more familiar with the LHSAA, although that changed quite a bit this year. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about your postseason uh, system. Uh, it's, it's somewhat of the same, being that we play, we just play schools that's kind of all over, like our district. We started off with about 
six teams, I want to say, but we ended up having two teams drop out um, late. So, again, like I said, we play like each other twice. Um, and then in the end, you by seeding the top four teams playing the semifinal game to go to the state championship. So um, and that's and that's kind of by like either record or, or point spread. So if we was to beat Twyla this time, depending on the spread, um, and beat MOC again, depending on our point spread, we'd be the second or third, and the and the two top seeds host the home playoff game. Understood. Anything uh, the fans need to know about tomorrow night's uh, game again at Nish? Uh, we plan for it to be exciting. Uh, homecoming is always a good crowd. You get alumni back. You get you get the parents, the grandparents, aunts, uncles. Everybody come out. Uh, of course, it's, it, we're hoping that it's not our seniors' last home game. We're hoping that we can we can sneak in a home playoff uh, game. That would be big. But man, we just hope everybody come out and have a good time. We're gonna have some jambalaya, some burgers. It's gonna be nice. Gotcha. Well, Coach, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll look forward to rehashing uh, tomorrow night's game next Thursday, but thanks for joining us today. Anytime. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, All good right. luck to you, Coach. Appreciate uh, Coach Carol Olivier over at Acadiana Christian School again, taking on uh, SWLA tomorrow at Nish, 7 o'clock. Uh, kind of a rare Friday night game, uh, again, utilizing uh, the Nish facility. They play a lot of Saturday games, some Thursday games. Uh, that uh, unique Wednesday game last week, but uh, best of luck to them tomorrow evening. Yeah, another homecoming game yes. for a local team, too. Uh, yeah. I think we we're at four or five this weekend. Five, five high school and UL. Yes. And again, that's a four o'clock kickoff for the Cajuns. Yes, yeah, Saturday afternoon over at Cajun Field. Meanwhile, Jeff, today in sports history, uh, September 29th, got a lot, uh, got a couple things uh, Cub related. 1913, Major League Baseball Washington Senator pitcher Walter Johnson wins his 36th game of the year. We'll never, ever see that again, folks. I just, that, that's anomaly. Never see it again. 1914, the Boston Braves were in last place in mid-July. And they go on to clinch the NL pennant and win the World Series that year in 1914. The Miracle Braves, who were tabbed at that time, were in Boston. 1920, uh, Yankee Slugger, his first year with the Yankees, Babe Ruth, sets a Major League home run season record with a 54th home run in the ninth inning uh, and a shot off Dave Keefe in a 7-3 win at Philadelphia against the A's, who were still in Philadelphia. They went from Kansas City to Oakland. Meanwhile, 1924, the Senators clinched the pennant, finishing two games in front of the Yankees. Of course, Walter Johnson who was pitching 11 years earlier, uh, was a big factor in them winning the pennant that year. Didn't win it again, a Washington team, I should say, until the Nationals did it in, in 2019. Elsewhere, in 1927, Slugger Babe Ruth ties a major league record by hitting a grand slam in consecutive games as the Yankees down the A's 7-4 and 15-4 route. Uh, of them. Uh, 1941, Joe Lewis knocks out Lou Nova in the sixth for the heavyweight boxing title. In 1945, the Cubs clinched the National League pennant with a record of 98 and 56, and they go on to take on the Tigers in the uh, World Series, loose to the Tigers. And was that the year the GOAT came about? 45? 45. Yeah. yeah, when the owner said that he'll put the hex on the uh, – the goat must have died between uh, 45 and 2016, though, I'm I, sure. I would imagine. Uh, I would, the it, Billy Goat Tavern, uh, famous. It was 
It was the basis for the uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Oh, uh, oh really? Yeah, uh, the, with Saturday Night exactly. Live. That, okay. that was sort of the um, motivation with, for with it. With Aykroyd and Belushi. Yeah. It, was nope. a, it was a big hangout for, uh, I, I want to say reporters, writers, uh, not just sports writers, but newspaper reporters. Okay. Um, All right. The Billy Goat Tavern. All right. Elsewhere, in, uh, also in uh, 46, uh, uh, for the first time uh, in National League history, the pennant ends in a tie between the Cards and the Dodgers. Of course, the Cards go ahead to beat the Dodgers in the playoff and go ahead and knock off the Red Sox uh, with uh, Country Slaughter scoring on a base hit. Uh, Johnny Pesky supposedly held the ball uh, a little too long as uh, Country Slaughter circled the bases to score uh, the winning run in, the, uh, I believe, the top of the ninth. Elsewhere in 46, the uh, Los Angeles Rams, previously the Cleveland Rams, play their first NFL game in Los Angeles. Elsewhere in 54, this is the day of the famous over-the-shoulder catch by Willie Mays in, in game one of the World Series off Vic Works, who hit center field with the polo grounds. That's 460 feet, and then Mays was approximately 425 feet from home plate when he made the catch. In 1956, I Love Mickey uh, by Mickey Mantle and Teresa Brewer peaks at number 87 on the charts. And if you ever heard that song, uh, you can hear it if you have uh, access to the movie 61. Uh, that song is played during the movie. And also in 56, Mickey Mantle hits his 52nd homer of the season. He won the Triple Crown that year, too, uh, in the American League. In 63, the Cardinals celebrate Stan Musial Day in St. Louis on this day to stand the man's final game as a Cardinal. Gets his last hit, his 3,630 hit on a grounder into right field, passed by a rookie second baseman of the Reds by the name of Pete Rose. Elsewhere in 65, boy, this is so unusual. Phillies catcher Pat Corrales sets a record by reaching base twice on catcher's interference in one game. Well, that year he did it six times in one season on catcher's interference. Elsewhere in 66, Sandy Koufax pitches his third 300 strikeout season. In 68 on this date, Carl Yastrzemski wins the uh, American League batting championship with a .3005. It goes down as 3.01, the only man in the American League to hit 300 that year. And it was also his second straight batting crown. The year earlier, he won the triple crown in the American League in 67. In 69, Steve O'Neill of the Jets has the longest punt in NFL history, a 98-yarder versus Denver. Uh, in 1973, Jeff, I want to tell you a little Record here that a lot of people don't know about, but when Cubs manager Whitey Lockman was ejected from the game in 73 on this date, Ernie Banks filled in the last couple of innings in a 3-2 win over the Padres. Thus, Mr. Cub technically baseball's first black manager, uh, predating Frank Robinson by nearly two years. A lot of people don't know that little stat. Anyway, in uh, I, I, that would be a stretch to say. I know, that, but he know. managed the team, yeah. so uh, technically. Anyway, in '76, Tommy Lasorda replaces Walter Alston as the Dodgers manager. Of course, Lasorda. What more can you say? He goes on to win a couple World Championships in '81 and also in '88. Uh, '1977, Muhammad Ali beats Ernie Shavers by unanimous decision over 15 rounds in New York City for the WBA, WBC, and the ring. Uh, heavyweight boxing titles. In 86, Indians Jay Bell hits his 10th to hit a homer in his first major league at bat. Matter of fact, his first pitch, Jay Bell hits a home run 
uh, in Major League Baseball. In 2005, the White Sox clinched their first division title since 2000, becoming this the 10th team in the history of baseball to be in first place on every day of the season. Today's birthdays, born in 1907, the singing cowboy. That's right, Gene Autry, uh, actor, uh, director, owner of Famous for Back in the Saddle Again and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, originally sung by Gene Autry. Of course, the owner of the Angels baseball team on their opening day made players ride bicycles instead of horses to the stadium that day. Uh, Owner from 61 to 97. Uh, Born near Tioga, Texas. Born on this date, also another Texan in 1923. Bum Phillips, coach of the Allers and the Saints, born in Orange, Texas. Also born on this date, 1958, New Orleans native Brian Gumbel, sportscaster, TV host, the Today Show, born in New Orleans. And I go back to the quote of the day by Bum Phillips, and pretty accurate quote here. You fail all the time, but you're on a failure until you start blaming someone else. And quote Bum Phillips. Hmm. Anyway, Bum Phillips also had a saying that uh, when he uh, they asked him how good Earl Campbell was, he said, when you call roll, uh, he's going to be at the top of the list. So, uh Anyway, Bum Phillips celebrating a birthday today if he was still with us, but uh, Bum has moved on. Meanwhile, Jeff, that's today in sports history, September 29th on this day in history, so um, take it away. Always uh, a pleasure to welcome in our two guests today, Josh Learman, head coach at Nish, Carol Olivier at Acadiana Christian School. Appreciate them joining us tomorrow. We'll remind you tomorrow's show uh, at 745-ish uh, following the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show at 7.15-ish. And, of course, we thank our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us by Jacob Landry, candidate for state representative in District 49, that election next fall, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center. Again, appreciate their support of Bayou Sports. Uh, 18 minutes after... Lee Kay and the Breakfast Club follow news, which is brought to us by David Funeral Homes. Stay with us. You're listening to KANE, 1240 AM, and K298CQ, 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. K-A-N-E.